Welcome to the Auburn UMC Clergy Conversations podcast. Each week, our pastors take an in-depth look at Scripture and preview their message for Sunday morning services. We're glad you joined us. For more information about Auburn UMC, please visit our website at aumc.net. Well, Kelly, here we are for our fifth Sunday of Easter. I can hardly believe it. It is the second week of May. It is, we've got students that have graduated. We're getting ready to graduate high schoolers. Mm-hmm. It is officially beach and lake season. We broke 80 degrees for the first time, creeping close to 90. I just, <laughs> I can't believe it. Where's the time gone? I know. So we're slipping closer to summer quick. It, mm-hmm. Summer's about to happen. And this is, this always feels like this weekend to me is like the last weekend kind of before summer hits because we know that the next week our kids have their last day of school graduation happens and uh you know we are counting down the days in our house because there's a lot going on and um but but soon after that people do take their summer vacations and things and we pray and hope that you'll continue watching us as you travel and know that clergy conversations uh services online all of that will continue so we have great ways to remain connected. And on this fifth Sunday of Easter, we've been watching. If you think about Easter, it's a 50-day season, and really every day is Easter to us. And But the idea that Mary encountered the living Lord, mm-hmm. and then um, Thomas, mm-hmm. and then I love the sermons you and BC shared on Peter. Mm-hmm. And uh, last week, it was Jesus teaching us as the Good Shepherd. You know, mm-hmm. I know you by name. And I care about you, and you follow me and listen to me. There's yeah. this relationship that kind of comes our way. Mm-hmm. This weekend, this reading today is this challenge that God's love is to all the world yeah. in a big way. And and so I invite us to read um, Acts 11, 1 through 18. Okay. You want to, or is it one? Yeah, 1 through 18. Yeah. 18. Okay. Okay. Do you want me to read? Sure. Perfect. The apostles and the brothers and sisters throughout Judea heard that even the Gentiles had welcomed God's word. When Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him. They accused him, you went into the home of the uncircumcised and ate with them. Step by step, Peter explained what had happened. I was in the city of Joppa praying when I had a visionary experience. In my vision, I saw something like a large linen sheet being lowered from heaven by its four corners. It came all the way down to me. As I stared at it, wondering what it was, I saw four-legged animals, including wild beasts as well as reptiles and wild birds. I heard a voice say, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I responded, absolutely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice from heaven spoke a second time. Never consider unclean what God has made pure. This happened three times, then everything was pulled back into heaven. At that moment, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were staying. The Spirit told me to go with them, even though they were Gentiles. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered that man's house. He reported to us how he had seen an angel standing in his house, and saying, send a Joppa and summon Simon, who is known as Peter. He will tell you how you and your entire household can be saved. 
When I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, and just as the Spirit fell on us in the beginning, I remembered the Lord's words, John will baptize you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, then who am I? Could I stand in God's way? The other apostles and other believers heard this, and they calmed down. They praised God and concluded, So then, God has entered Gentiles to change their hearts and lives so that they may have a new life. Amen. That's <laughs> such a good, wonderful story of, mm -hmm. of people um, hearing how God's at work mm -hmm. in surprising ways. I can just imagine what it must have been like when Peter comes back and the Jerusalem church was still the hub of the early church that, you know, they were, they were there when Pentecost happened. Uh -huh. And so everything kind of, um, they were the headquarters. And so everything kind of moved out of that center. Right. And so Peter is the, he's kind of the, you know, what do you say? He's, he's the one who speaks a lot, uh -huh. talks a lot, he's leads the, a lot. Uh, the face of it. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, he's kind yeah. of the face of the, and he comes back and sits down and says, I just ate with a bunch of Italians. And he, <laughs> you know, food was great, by the way. Food was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, and, you know, up until then, you know, there was these food laws, this, all, this, all the teachings of Leviticus um, that he grew up with. I mean, this is a culture moment, a yeah. culture shock, um, and it, mostly a, a religious shock because you were, you were not of their religion if you ate of their food or if you practiced what they practiced or lived in their way. And so... <laughs> For him to come back and said, God has changed my mind on this. Mm -hmm. God has done something in my soul. And yeah. it started with a dream. And it started with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I I love your translation because it's like step by step. Let me tell you what God's done. Yeah. And he just retells the story that it, that we heard earlier in Acts. What are your thoughts as you... So I was going to ask you, because I am, as Charles and I do very often, I'm reading out of the Common English Bible, and yeah. I was wondering what that sort of middle section said mm -hmm. in the NRSV, because this is a beloved passage yeah. that I have read and, and heard many times, and yeah. some of the language in the CEV is very different. I don't think I've heard kill and eat before. Yeah, <laughs> well, it is, it is kill and eat here, but the interesting thing is, so, so he has this vision of all these different animals mm -hmm. and, and he's saying, but some are good and some are bad or some are sacred, yeah. some are profane. And there's this in chapter, in verse nine of chapter 11, uh, but a second time the voice answered and said, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. Yeah. And how does yours say that? What God has... Never consider unclean what God has made pure. Yeah. I like both of them. Well, I, I think... We think, yeah, I do too. I, I think, and, and then it says in verse 10, I'm skipping around too much. Mm -hmm. This happened three times. Mm -hmm. This story is told twice in Acts. And I think the fact that it that God said to Peter three times, stop calling unclean what I have made clean. Stop calling profane what I have made pure. Mm -hmm. And I think that has such a beautiful uh, truth because purity and holiness and sacredness are things that we sometimes get confused and feel like we can work our way to this. Yeah. I don't know. It, well, it calls into my, my judgments of my yeah. own culture, my own thinking that God has a much broader way of seeing life in people than maybe I'm always comfortable with. 
Well, and I love this story because we see this, I always think of it as like a tablecloth, not just a linen cloth, because yeah. it's filled with food. And it's much easier for us to think about kosher laws and God saying, hey, look at this food that I have made pure. But really, this is about people. Yes. Uh, because Peter has been going to the Gentiles. Uh, and so here we get this story about God making things pure after Peter has been chastised for hanging out with people that we might deem unclean. Mm -hmm. So it's a challenging thing, kind of a two for one. Challenges our ideas about uh, kosher laws, but also challenges our ideas about people laws. Yeah, and I think it's it's when it's like when you read the book of John, mm -hmm. and um, there's this is not just symbolism. This is reality. Yeah. God really does love everybody. Mm -hmm. God really does. And and this is a whole table of food. This is a whole buffet of folks, <laughs> if you think of it like that. And God really does care about all of these people. Um, I think about the vacation Bible schools coming up. And um, by the way, y'all can register. Vacation Bible School, go to AUMC.net and register your children and grandchildren. Um we teach our children some dangerous things at this age. Mm -hmm. And I think about the top, the things I was taught in vacation Bible school. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good thing to hold on to when you mm -hmm. feel unloved. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus loves the little children, all the little children of the world. That's a dangerous thing to teach people these days because I, we live in a world where it says... Don't love those people who live over there or who think that way or look that way. You know, mm -hmm. that can get in our in our bones sometimes. And it's yeah. the danger of hearing that is powerful. Yeah. And that's not danger. I'm saying danger in a good way. I know you what know you mean. That. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that's something that we take for granted in scripture a lot, that we are not as scandalized by it as I think the gospel writers uh, would have us be. It is scandalous it is that god has chosen to love everyone that god has chosen to redeem all of creation that no one is out everybody's in and i think sometimes we take for granted just how much that should shake us do you know what i mean i do yeah yeah, yeah. because it said it says that in so many ways the church has the most dangerous message in town mm -hmm. It changes our politics. It changes how we think. It changes how we live. It changes how we love. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just think it's, I, I, I mean, in many ways, I'm, I'm saying that in a good way. I taught, I was taught this song in, uh, when I was younger. This was written decades before you were born. <laughs> uh, we are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one. And it had this kind of folksy tone, tune to it. Um, but the idea that, um, and they'll say that we are Christians by our love mm -hmm. was the name of it. And I think about that sometimes and I think that's a powerful statement. It's not, you know, it's not, they'll know we're Christians by how large our church is or, yeah. or how many people show up. It's, they'll know we're Christians by our love. And yeah. it's just like that song, Jesus loves the little children, all the little children of the world. There's no, there's no asterisk by certain people. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's you know it's the, it's everybody's on the table here. We think about you know if you read polls and research that people who have left the church or people who are leaving the church, it's not because they don't love Jesus and it's not because they have not experienced the radical love of God. It is because they have experienced the lack of love from God's people at yeah. times, 
And so I think as simple and yet as difficult as it is, that's the message. Everybody's in, everybody is made clean. This place is God's house and we don't yeah. get to close the doors or turn people away. One of the things I love about this passage though is um, just like how Peter approaches it. Uh, he's approached with with conflict and he says, well, like you were saying earlier, this is how it happened. Patrick and I joke all the time when we're talking, I say with great frequency, I reserve the right to change my mind. <laughs> um, and I think maybe that is something that we should all do as we uh -huh. read this story about Peter is, and that is reserve the right to change our mind or to have our mind changed by the Holy spirit. And I think that that's a scary and difficult thing to do. But here we mm. have this wonderful story about how everyone belongs because Peter was brave enough to let God change his mind. Yeah. Well, I'd love to look at one more word as we yeah. close today because I think this word is so important. Verse 17, my translation mm -hmm. says, this I'm reading in RC. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, He's, Peter is talking, he says, so who was I that I could hinder God? Yeah. What What is your word for hinder? Then who am I? Could I stand in God's way? Who are any of us to stand in God's way? Yeah. Is what I, is what I hear in some of that. That is a, gosh, that's radical and wonderful. <laughs> yeah. That means we get to be a part of it. <laughs> Y'all get to be a part of this. This is God's kingdom and God's love. And yeah. um, I'm grateful. Me too. Yeah. Well, why don't we close in prayer? Great. Great. Holy God, thank you for this wonderful truth that you've given to all of us. And thank you for your grace um, that is alive in this world, bringing the Easter message of new life to us all. Who are any of us that we can stand in your way? Help us, Lord, to open the doors, to have open hearts, open minds, um, lives and spirits ready to be changed by you. In your name we pray. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Clergy Conversations with Auburn United Methodist Church. Check back next week for our next episode. For more information about Auburn United Methodist Church, please visit our website at aumc.net.